0: Yes, and welcome to the Square Circle podcast with me, Charlie Driscoll, and my dad, Mickey Driscoll. Dad, say hello.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: How are you doing? You all right?
1: I'm sweet, isn't that?
0: Good, good. Uh, so, everyone, it's been a little bit of a while. and We have took a little bit of a break. Um, just had a lot going on. We've been busy trying to sort out some uh, potential guests, and we do have a good. Some good ones lined up, some good coaches, some good fighters. You will be uh, excited to listen to. Um, but dad, how you been? Anyway, you been all right?
1: Yeah, all good, all good, all good. Missing the old boxing tremendously. Gym's yeah. open again Monday. Fantastic news. Yeah, you know, I think I think everybody needs it, and I think
0: everybody, I think even the keep fitters, the boxers, the youngsters, the old, everybody needs a bit. Of, needs a boxing back in their
1: life, and I think. Let's hope it's not big repercussions for 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 our sport. That in general, we've not been able to do anything for a year, or no contests and stuff like that for a year. Let's hope it doesn't knock on with our sport, and that we, we you know we can come bouncing back at yeah. all levels. That's it. Yeah, every fucker in heavyweight,
0: <laughs> gone up three weight divisions in that old low, lockdown. Um, yeah. So just quick, Dad, I put out on my Instagram uh, yesterday three uh, questions, like we did last time. Uh, but this time I went with favourite punch, best heavyweight and greatest coach. So um, we've had a few responses back. Well, I say we've had, a few, we've had quite a few responses back, to be honest with you. But I'm only going to get through the first 10 or so, do you know what I mean? Because quite a lot. Um, so shout out to everybody who did come back to us. Um, thank you very much for listening. Obviously, it's been a while since the podcast came on, but we will be back up and running again. We've got boxing Saturday night, which... Me and Super Mick will be talking about the result and certain things coming up. Uh, we'll have up and fights coming. We're going to have a couple of people on talking, AJ Fury. So we've got a few things coming up. But today we're obviously going to be talking them three questions that I spoke about. So we had a few, we had quite a mixed, uh, obviously, opinions on the shots. We had every, we're quite, a, quite an unanimous on the, the heavyweight and the coaches. So... We'll go first. I'm going to read these out just from our first, I think the first eight or nine sort of people we've got, but have got quite a few here. I'm going to go for all of them. So, Peckham ABC, shout out. They've got favourite shot, lead, screw. Best heavyweight uh, to fellow Stevenson. And coach, they've gone for their own coach, Dan, uh Peckham ABC, so shout out. John Stubbs, straight backhand. Muhammad Ali, and he's gone for uh, Super Mick as his favourite coach. <laughs> so, it's nice on Stubbsy there. <laughs> I've had that so Tom Pageant I think he's missed best shot I don't know if I've missed it here but I think he's missed it but anyway he's gone best best everweight Ali and coach Bill Stewart Um, Gareth Lawrence good coach from Essex got a few uh, pros around there good stable up near me he's gone for uppercut Ali and uh, Stuart again Ruth obviously massively into a boxing. She knows it in and out. She's always there. She's come straight in with front hook, Joe Louis, which nobody else has come with, and Emmanuel Stewart again. Uh, Dan has come in with the uppercut, Tyson slash Lewis, uh, and also best coach, Roach, Freddie Roach, slash Stewart. Um, got mighty Quinn, 86, is coming with left hook, Ali and Stewart, which is... Obviously coming in quite unanimous as you know we've had quite a few there. Sam mask ninety seven who's come in with the jab, best shot, or favourite shot. Mike Tyson and Emmanuel Stewart. Uh then we've got Bill coming with a bit of a different one, Klitschko. And he's gone for trainer, Eddie Renaissance, who uh is Canelo's coach. So we've got a mixed few there. We've had a few other ones. Um, we've had a few different come in to be honest with you dad but I'll be honest out of the load we've come in we've not we've not had there's some big names uh, coach wise I'm talking obviously shot preference I mean that's anything but I'm talking we've not had we've not had the big names like uh, Customata, uh Angelo Dundee we've had nobody we've had none of them sort of big iconic names at all, obviously it's just gone Emmanuel Stewart really Um but so we're going to go dad anyway because obviously my f- number one was the favourite shot so we've got a few okay. we've got a few there so we've got lead screw straight backhand uppercut front hook left hook uppercut we've got we've got all we've got all. We've got a variety um, so I'm just going to ask you being someone who's boxed being someone who's coached to someone who's been in both sides for such a long time what's your favourite shot dad?
1: I'm going to say the bolo initially but a shot that very, very few fighters can throw or can throw being comfortable. Obviously, the most important thing about any shot like this is going to be somebody you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine is the bolo. Now, now even with the backhand or lead hand, I'd like southpaws. I like the I like the uh, Luke Campbell style bolo with the, with the backhand through the middle as a southpaw to an orthodox fighter because you can catch them straight down the middle. But my my honest favourite. And a lot of people, I've done it before when I've done when a tour a while ago I around the country and I was saying, you know, throw a bolo. Everybody leads a bolo with a backhand. My favourite shot is possibly a jab or, 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 or a feint. They throw the jab out and you have a little slip inside and lead it with a lead-hand bolo. It's, it's dynamite. And, and we all know that you've only got to tap somebody anywhere near the solar plexus and then on the floor. Mm-hmm. So um, my favourite shot, without question of a doubt, is uh, the lead and Bolo. Um, but having said that, I've got to be honest, and we've got to talk basics here, we're talking about as a coach and stuff, you can control a bat with a good jab. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the shots and the fancy stuff in the world. Let's go back to the basics, and let's be honest here, any coach or any boxer will tell you, someone's got a good jab, it's very hard to get into as a fighter, going forward or going back or whatever, but the, Without a question of a that, a good jab is the building block for everything. If a fighter's got a good jab, you know you can, you know, you, could, you know, it can, it can control, it can control a fight just with a jab.
0: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like you've said, there is um, with a shot selection, it, it comes down to a variety of things. Obviously, from a boxer's perspective, oh, I love throwing a big overhand right. But same, if you're looking at it from a coach and anybody who's a coach is listening, which we do have a lot of coaches that listening, it, you know what it's like. You, you tell a boxer control the distance, faint, but but the jab, like you said there, jab controls the pace, doesn't it? Because it tees off the shots, it slows someone down. If you're out of range, it, it just, I think it's that, it's that prodding device that just sets the tone for everything, for going forward, for going back. It sets the range up at the same time, it also can be. It also can be. You must have seen this numerous times, Dad. That the jab also, if it's not thrown correctly, it can be dangerous because it can also be a measuring stick. A it fight. can be a measuring a stick fight. for your opponent.
1: Exactly. I mean, for a good fighter. A good fight a good good, fighter, good punch good counterpunch in the world want you to throw the first time you throw, obviously they're, they're gonna check your reins out look at Limachenko. any of them sort of fires Mike Tyson. They'd love to get they'll eat the jab all day long because they can build, they can build from it. Mm. So in the same context, it's a building block for yourself, but also for the opponent. But even at a schoolboy, Olympic, or or world professional level, you get somebody go out there with a good jab, and I'll never forget as a kid going out there and getting a stiff jab straight down the middle on my nose and you're thinking crikey that's that's his jab and your eyes are watering a little bit thinking crikey you know what I mean straight down the middle and that just sets the building block for everything like like, like we said but you're right in saying what you're saying the jab not thrown correctly or being brought back not to an on guard position or dropping it low like you're putting your hand in your pocket can also be a building block for the opponent to to counter yeah massively and like I said, you've, you know it's like you've you've said it. Just
0: there, perfect, Line I'm saying, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches that listen and think, oh, fuck,
1: just throw the jab or just get
0: it up, or they cycle it back low and that right hand comes over the top. And being someone, I remember being younger and being that when I was at West Ham and my style was sort of sit there and be close, and that was something I looked for. I'll be honest, I thought, wait, if they threw a lapsed jab and it came back low, it didn't come back up. My right hand was going straight over the top. And I'm, I'm sure there's many yeah. fighters that see that and the many coaches that see that from the opposite way around. Or they see it in that corner yeah. and they see the finger go, here we go, he's dropping his jab, he walks around to the left. Where, and they see that, so it's got to be thrown correctly. But thrown correctly, a stiff jab, yeah, I think that's a quality shot. I'll be honest, that's you. Perf, just just for preference, one of them shots being in there, in, and one of them, uh, for me, I'm going to go for like a, like a rear-hand uppercut. Just inside... One yeah. of them. I'm talking mid range. It might go for a whatever it is. You come for even close. I'm talking maybe a bit close. Bosch head comes up. It can sort. You can go for the left body look to the head. Whatever you're going to do. Roll. Uh, for me, just preference. I so like the rear round uppercut to so the head. I like that. But uh, you've got a few here. Screw shot. Beautiful shot to throw. Job. Sure. Straight backhand. You know what I mean. You ain't. You ain't going to win the Olympics for straight
1: backhand. Um, Child, just a quick one screw shot where we're going at the moment the current scene Dennis McCann second to none yeah, lovely as an amateur and now as a professional that little slip little screw shot in the middle beautiful yeah, lovely beautiful. Lovely, made, lovely shot
0: the way he put two, he transferred the weight correctly straight onto that front foot not too much not too yeah. little he comes there and it tees for anything
1: dad it comes up he can go with the right hand over the top he can go the right hand you know one, one, of the best- one of the best screw shots I've ever seen was Amuse and Nelson against Pat Cowdow he knocks him out in about, I don't know, about a minute. Pat Gadda was a phenomenal boxer, a phenomenal amateur, done fantastic with England and GB and was a great pro fighter and he boxed with Mews and Nelson and uh, Muser knocks him out in the first round with a little screw shot straight at the middle. Beautiful shot. Absolutely beautiful. Couldn't even see it coming. Couldn't even, couldn't defend against it, you know?
0: Yeah. Just They won yeah. them shots, yeah, he doesn't see it. Uh, we've got here, obviously, Ruth said front hook, so left hook from the front. Beautiful shot. Uppercut, like I've said yeah. there. Left hook, yeah, That's, obviously he's talking front hook. That front hook
1: do you know what I mean? That Joe Fraser sort of shot. Isn't it funny, Todd? Nobody's mentioned no like, body shots. I was the only one to mention. Yeah, a body no, shot.
0: no one's gone for no one's gone for a body shot. Um, which is yeah, which is surprising because that's a that's the that's probably one of the worst shots to get by. Because an edge shot you can take on you can take, but solar plexus you can count to thirty sometimes and they ain't getting up.
1: Game changer, game change Yeah, job. you're not getting up some of them. So. Um, and the thing with the body shot as well, you can take an head shot, like we just, we spoke earlier about the jab earlier. You can take an head shot and not even realise your opponent's been up. Yeah. You hit somebody to the body. Yeah, it's curtains. Eight times that, you go off an idea because you can't have you can't have but show yeah, it Of course you can't right? it's, it's, Like I said there, you could go over and you can count to
0: 30 and they still ain't getting up. And that's in bits that, I mean, like what Golovkin's done to people and Canelo and certain people mm. that just hit them ridiculous body shots and you think, oh, Jesus Christ, they ain't getting up. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So listen, favourite shots... We've, uh, You've gone for the bolo. We, like, front the bolo. I'm going to go for an uppercut preference, but... They want to it, um, and anyone out there, coaches, anything like you said, if you've got anything to say on it, you ever listen up and you think, no, you're missing out on something nearest to so let me know. Just, just put us in, just let us know on social media. If you've got something else, you've got a different shot in mind, let us know. Um, Dad, I'm going to move on second. So, uh, obviously... This is up, this could be wide, wide open. This could be, <laughs> this is Matt. So there. So, this there could be so, so many from the history books. They could be up to date right now. But we're going to go best anyway. So, majority of people, I'll be honest with you, 99% of the people have gone early straight away. Uh, I've got which one I don't think, again, I've shouted here, from, which brilliant was from, from Ruth, which went uh, Joe Louis. Uh, I've got also, yeah, also I've got I'll come to him one by one dad because I know you know your stuff and I've got facts in front of me we've also got here from Peckham which is great Peckham ABC to fellow Stevenson which is an amateur three-time Olympic Cuban yeah. um, I've got Tyson and obviously Lennox Lewis as well um, and I've also got here uh, Klitschko Atali. Gold medalist in the Olympics, yeah. world well, titles for days, blah, blah, blah. Um, let, if I can, Dad, obviously, you know you, crack, you know that You know it, what I'm talking about here. So just what well, I'm going to go off, let me just give you a few little bits and bobs. So we'll, we'll go to fellow Stevenson. Obviously, ridiculous fighter. If anybody doesn't know, he was a Cuban uh, amateur boxer, never went pro. I'm sure you've got a few more facts after that, but he won three Olympic gold medals. He won three world championships. He won six. Uh he won six Central America championships. He won two Pan Am games. He won 17 gold medals in his time for Cuba. Like got world tournaments. He had 332 fights, 302 wins, eight draws, 22 losses, uh, and was a phenomenal. Just like a phenomenal, absolute phenomenal talent. Um
1: You've, you've got a little story, I'm sure, that to fellow Steelers and you've told me before. Yeah, well, you know, this is back in the day when um, communism was 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 massive back in the 60s and 70s, obviously through Russia and Cuba and, and China and so forth and countries like that. I've been to, been to Cuba myself and, 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 you know, they're so patriotic, them people, for where they are. This fella's gone out as an absolute icon. You know, he's bigger than David Beckham or somebody in England you can imagine. He's absolutely massive. Boxing's the national sport in Cuba. This guy's Olympic three-time champion, everyweight champion. There was a massive thing back in the 70s. They were trying to get Muhammad Ali, the reigning world champion, um, to fight fight him. And he got offered like a million pound over three rounds. And he was actually quoted in saying, what's a million pound to me when I've got 50 million people screaming at my name? Because he was so patriotic for Fidel Castro and for the Cuban cause, yeah. and for Cuban, like I say, too. he didn't, he didn't care. We talk about fighters now; they this money, wanting stuff like that. he didn't want that. Mm. All he wanted was to make Cuba proud, to be proud to be a Cuban, and go out to to world tournaments, Olympic tournaments in his Cuban tracks and so forth. That 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 is that is phenomenal because because that fella could have been massive. I'm not saying he would have beaten um, Ali, but all I'm saying to you is. That 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 patriotism for himself and within the sport and and, and what what a mentor in the sport for the amateur yeah. boxing and uh, set an example obviously and he paved the
0: way because Cuban amateur boxers are, you know as as you know you first hand seen it absolutely amazing but also just quick there I've uh, I've seen I've, I've seen obviously and read about him but you know uh, two obviously in nineteen eight nineteen eighty four and nineteen eighty eight the Summer Olympics Cuba boycotted the Olympics. So he actually missed out on yeah. his chance and obviously he was still boxing present in, in certain games in South America because um, he won he won the games at in, I believe it was 86, he won Super Heavyweight World Championships. So that was well into his career. So 84 and 88, they actually boycotted the Olympics. So he could have become he could have had the chance to become a five time Olympic champion. But unfortunately, Cuba pulled the plug on it. Um, but yeah. like you've just said there, it was just, yeah, generational, um, generational, something different. So, we'll move on, we'll move on to Oli later because we know about him, everybody knows about him, you, do you know what I mean? I, th- I think if you don't know about him, then you're crazy. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go over to Joe Louis, um, which I don't think your average show knows about. Listen, you know your boxing, you know Joe Louis, of course, but, if not, then you don't. Um, I'll start off with that just quick, called the Bronze Bomber. I believe he was one of the first black heavyweights ever. Uh, I think he still holds, or he did hold, for the longest time.
1: Uh, Vic, he, he, is it? Is it? Joe Louis? He's the Brown Bomber, not the Bronze Bomber.
0: <laughs> no. You know what? I've got Donate Wilder here. Brown Bomber. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, So, uh, Brown Bomber. Yeah, take yeah. that one back. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Start again. Yes, yeah, so, I uh, had a brand bomber, Joe Louis. <coughs> um, he was yeah twenty-five consecutive uh, world title defenses for all weight classes. I believe that was as well. That weren't just for heavyweight. I think it was like the longest single reign like, of any champion like in history. Um, obviously, he also won as an amateur. He had an unbelievable pedigree. He had he won the Golden Gloves, young. He won the champ- national championships. Total of uh, sixty-nine fights, sixty-six wins, fifty-three by knockout, and three losses. But then three losses, I believe, he avenged every single one of them. And um, Joe Louis, bit, yeah, Joe Louis, uh, obviously yeah. Max Schmeling, famous he fights. But got, you, you got know, beat by Marciano,
1: you, He got beat by Marciano, Ezard Charles, and Max Melling. Max Melling he did beat Marciano. Was his last fight, and his last fight with Marciano, when he actually got beat. One of his best mates was one of our other favourites, uh, Sugar A. Robinson. He was actually in the changing room with them. Someone had gone into him and there was Rocky Marciano just beat him and um, J- uh, Sugar Ray Robinson with with Joe Louis crying. And he said, what are you crying for? It is what it is. Let's move on with life, you know? Yeah, so he's beat, he's obviously,
0: so Marciano was his last fight, his loss. Um, yeah. His other loss was Ezard Charles. Yeah, Ezard Charles, yeah, and match melon, yeah. But, well, yeah, one unbelievable, unbelievable heavyweight there. So, that's a good shout-out there. Um, we're going to move on. So, we've had Tyson and we've also had Lewis. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with uh, Lennox Lewis, uh, if we can. Um, so, I'll I'll kick it off, Dad. Lennox Lewis, I've got – I know you, you know probably he was – more of that sort of time, I'll be honest, you know a bit more than me. Forty-four fights, 44 wins, only two losses, 32 knockouts, one draw, uh Olympic gold medal, Commonwealth gold medal, Pan Am silver medal, North American Championships, two time gold medals, junior world championship medals, one every- heavyweight, <laughs> yeah, gold medal, sorry, yeah, gold medal as a as a world champion, uh junior WBA, IBF, every single world title I think he'd won. Um, Unbelievable,
1: unbelievable fighter. But uh, go on, Dad, you've got more on him. Just for me, Charles, we look at all these fighters and and like I say, I've got loads of the old ones I was just thinking about. I was going to bring out about Jack Johnson, about uh, Jack Dempsey, about Marciano. But for me, you actually sit down and and people, I think, underestimate... Can you hear me? Yeah, go on. You you can't add, ever go on to underestimate uh. people. People <laughs> underestimate what Lennox Lewis has done. And do you know yeah. what? Oozy's it, it through this not only just for the best fighters of all time, but the coaches. And do you know what? Lennox Lewis has got absolute pedigree. And I'm not saying that because he was born in West Ham. Um, hey. but I'm just I'm just I'm just putting that one in there. But you look <laughs> at the football, you just said world junior champion. So he's gone from junior yeah, from, from young, yeah, the Olympics. Phenomenal. He's Two losses and a draw, and he's avenged every one of them bats against Oliver McCall, Azeem Rahman, and uh, Evander Olifield. He just oozes pedigree. He could box, he could fight. Let me just read out a little list of a couple of fighters. There's a couple of English fighters here as well that that, that he's actually boxed, and it brings home. To, hang, hang on a minute. This geezer was, was the real deal. To, yeah. uh, you know, Tony Tucker, Frank Bruno, Tommy Morrison, Oliver McCall, Henry Akawanda. Shannon Briggs, Evander Holyfield, David Tua, Mike Tyson, v- Vitaly Klitschko, Mike Weaver, Glenn McCrory, Till Biggs, Derek Williams, Gary Mason and Noel Corliss. And the World Champions have you got there. That's that's, yeah, that's, that's
0: unbelievable.
1: Fight. And the, I know the fella comes out of Jamaica or he comes out of Canada as well or he boxed with them in the Olympics and so forth. But that is a phenomenal pedigree. Totally. And what I want to say, that fella... Can box, can fight, can get himself out of trouble. He brings everything to the equation, and he wouldn't for the first name that spring up to my mind as the best player of all time. But you say you look at the greats and so forth. Maybe he yeah. wasn't yeah. that well. I don't know. But, but he gets overlooked. He does get overlooked, fight. definitely. Definitely even in England. Chart so. even in England, people yeah, are, yeah. people Bruno ahead of him. You know, just, yeah. Just, yeah. just because of the media and so forth. That as well, just 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 that, just quickly. Also, obviously, he did actually win his gold medal
0: in the Super heavyweight division for Canada, did you know he beat in the finals?
1: No. Till
0: Biggs. Riddick Bowe.
1: I didn't know that, yeah. Okay, yeah
0: he, he, he beat Riddick Bow in the world final of the Olympics to win a gold medal, which is another yeah. fighter who's absolutely phenomenal. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, yes. like you've said there, he's got pedigree from day one.
1: And- who's, who's his pedigree, chart? Who's is it? Oh, yeah, and absolutely, gentleman? Yeah. You speak to him now, you know what I mean? I mean, he's the same yeah. as, 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 uh, as, as, um, check he plays chess, he's a well-spoken man, you know, it yeah. comes across really, really well, really well. He doesn't have
0: that to- for the sport, for these kids now that, unbelievable. These people, that, they, so? these people, these people, that are in the gyms and, come through and, and go and be an old man's boy. it's not, about one beer, it's about sportsmanship, and it's about learning respect and discipline, and, and it's brilliant. that them, them coaches out there that are doing that and like yourself yourself, and other people that anybody's
1: listening, to,
0: I think they teach Jack, that and
1: I think that's priceless. Just one second. I think it's worth for them youngsters out there because I've got loads of youngsters that I speak to, I've spoken to previously, and family that haven't got an idea about some of these fighters. I just want to bring up, just, I'll just run over just really quickly because I know I'll babble on other crap. Jack Johnson, the Galveston Giant, was champion from 1908 to 1915. People need to realise, we just spoke about Joe Louie, Joe Louis, they reckon, earned something like four to five million pounds in his career, but he only actually took home 800 grand because he was getting ripped off left, right, and center. So people need to realize and understand how, how tough it was, specifically for black Americans in America at this mm. time. Definitely the yeah. turn of the, start of the 1900s when you know, he got banned from particular states in America because he was married to a white woman and so forth, and he had businesses and stuff like that. He couldn't transport her across um, like from Kentucky to Texas or so forth. Um, and he actually boxed abroad for a period of time. Because of that, he got a year's sentence, um, Jack Johnson. Um, they reckon his defence was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. He finally got beaten in 1915 by Jess Willard in 26 rounds in the van of Cuba. And actually, if you've seen any photographs, he's actually got his hand over his eyes to protect his eyes from the sun. Because, again, <laughs> you know, the mob yeah. and the mafia and, and the so forth and them people controlled boxing. And without that, you know, I'm like saying you weren't getting paid, you weren't getting looked after. You said about Joe Louis. Joe Louis, phenomenal child. What right. a fire. We've spoken before about Sugar Ray Robinson. Him and Sugar Ray oozed off each other. You know, like I think, I think 25 child defenses, unbelievable. A game, but the fellow fell on hard times. He ended up working in 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 Vegas, uh, letting people into things. You know, Jack Dempsey uh, raised money to help him out. He had massive tax things that the, 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 the he thought was a manager. He's earning his money. They weren't paying his tax, and they hit him later in life when he when he, when he thought he was he was settling down. Um, and even Max Melling, you know, people make a big thing about the Nazis and so forth. And listen, he done phenomenal what he did going out there and uh, you know and winning. We well, lost the first one, we won the second one. But Max Melling actually looked after um, Joe Louis later in life and was, and was a big beneficiary in helping him and, and, and stuff like that. Rocky Marciano. Uh, Rocky Marciano. Yeah, yeah. Can't, Unbelievable. can't I mention him. 49 wins. Phenomenal. An absolute beast. You know, you look at someone like Club on Rocky 3 or Rocky 2, wherever it is, and you think he was an absolute beast and animal. But then, again, you have to sit on the other side and think, well, hold on a minute. Was he well-managed? Is an Italian-American, uh, particularly like possibly the Mafia, was he protected by the Mafia? Was there fights there for him? Someone like Jack Dempsey, the Manasseh Mueller. I mean... He was champion from 1919 to 1926. Went on to be a movie star and everything. And and uh, Jack Dempsey's renowned for the long count. Now you probably know this, chart, but there's probably people out there that don't know about it. At that time, you used to drop somebody and you just stood over and when they got up, you started at them again. Yeah, it was a stand and eight count. It was the first time a world championship bat They brought in they brought in He's boxing Gene Tunney, um, and he's dropped him. And he's he's standing over him, not going to the corner. They reckon Gene Tony was on the floor for like a minute, a minute enough. By the time he's gone to the corner, he's got up, re, you know, got got his senses and just boxed his head off and I think it was it was Dempsey's it was uh, Dempsey's last fight. But just a couple of names there for youngsters and people to look into and go on YouTube and go on go on your internet because boxing's got a phenomenal history and whatever you want to say about bits and pieces and kids will say, Oh, it ain't like that nowadays, it is. Boxing yeah. hasn't changed or not in general. It's still about getting it and not getting it. So you can look at somebody from the nineteen twenties and look at somebody in two thousand and twenty, and relatively stay. Yes, he's thrown a jab. He slipped it and thrown a jab back. It, yeah. It's the same.
0: Basics are the same. But I don't. I think, like I said, a lot of people are uh, obviously education. If you sit and watch football, you sit and watch badminton. You learn from it. And you learn who's good. Do you know what I mean? You know these players. You know that. And sometimes I think these these greats um, with a younger generation may get missed. Another one, just quickly there, that you mentioned Joe Louis. We're talking James J. at the Cinderella Man. They made a film out of it. Don't get yeah. mentioned. Obviously, beat Max Bear, Unbelievable. Goes out next fight loses to Joe Louis, which was <laughs> unbelievable. And there was just there's so many, so many names that, obviously, we, we'd be all night, me and you talking, we you know, but there's so, so many.
1: That, and, and you talk about the heavyweight champions, and I was, I was looking at something earlier. And I remember when I was a kid in 78 or 77 when Ali got beat by Spinks. Back in them days, and I'm just being honest, the heavyweight champion was the biggest prize in sport. Yeah. The biggest prize in sport. Forget about your football. Forget about your Lionel Messi and Ronaldo's. Forget about basketball. Forget about this and that. Boxing, whether you like boxing or didn't like boxing... Everybody, you know, most housewives in, in, in the world knew who the heavyweight champion in the world was. Muhammad Ali or so forth or Jack Johnson or mm. whatever you want to call it, Rocky Marciano. The heavyweight title back in the day was the biggest in sport. Unfortunately, it's probably not so much now because we've got so many champions. Man, is um, obviously I said we're going
0: to be here for days. We've got we still got to go through two more big names here. Um, so next one is going to be... Which would be my personal favourite, and I'm going to put it out there now, Mike Tyson. Um, yeah, that'd be, mine, I, that'd be mine as well. I, I just think that I don't think people understand how technically good he was. I think he was one of the best counter punchers, and people can't look at that and think, Counter puncher, all he ever done was go forward. No, no, no. He made you throw a punch, he made you wait, he slipped it, he came back with something, he countered you. You know what Fangle, I mean? It was clever. Sandwich angles, he cut you down, he felt like you didn't have time, it didn't matter even if he wasn't throwing punches, he was in front of you making you think constantly because he was fainting, he was slipping he was in, out, he didn't sit in the line of fire Uh, like I said I just think he was something else Uh, I'm talking his first 25-30 fights when he was game and he was there wasn't money involved, there wasn't nothing else and he was just an animal Um, Mike Tyson, obviously he's come up a few times in here but like I said, winning the world title what 20 years old, wherever he was, uh,
1: unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Baddest man on the planet, as they said. For him to come into the sport, Charlie, you need to remember as well, when he came onto the sport, most people, you know, went to boxing. It was a very flamboyant. You wear a dressing gown, you got into the ring, your name got mentioned, blah, blah, blah. He walked into the ring, and I've got to be honest, because boxing is still quite brutal in a way. We try to make it that it is an art. It is an art, boxing. But he was like a killer. He oh, came into no. the ring. He came into the ring. He looked like a pit bull. He looked like a rockwiler. He's sweating. He's profusely sweating coming into the ring. No He's T-shirt. He's got no top on. He he socks on. Just walked straight into the ring, straight to do the job, and he was yeah. banged straight out in your face. And, and, the first, and the maddest thing is, was the knockouts. The, the knockouts. Yeah.
0: If you're looking from his first 17, 18 fights, his knockout percentage was like 94%. It was a
1: joke. Like well, I mean, You've got to be looking at
0: thinking, off. Jesus Christ, like...
1: He's fought against Michael Spinks, chart. he was being by the time he got in the ring. Michael Nine, Spinks was at the end. Just walked straight
0: out. He, he landed. He's, there, thought, for the, he's there for the job. job. Yeah. You know? Oh, just, that was it. That was all he was. And
1: like I said, like you just said there, I think people were mentally defeated before they got in there. And right. Do you know one free... of the best things about my though, Char? We're going to come on to coaches and stuff in a minute. But, <clears> you know, it just proves not only is it the fighter, it's a fantastic team. Team. Yeah. Lemachenko's got a fantastic team around him. Of Canelo's is. got a fantastic team around him. Mike Tyson in the early days had a fantastic team around him. Yeah. The fight against Buster Douglas and so forth and all the ones afterwards wasn't so much the case. Because he's yeah, a different person. I think,
0: yeah, a different person by then because I also think the money, he lost a bit of an edge. Like I said, he's got a different trainer. It's that circle you have around him and it makes you as a fighter when you're a kid and, Anybody listening and coaches and thinking you make that fight? Like, I'm telling you, I know, I know that you ain't, you can't do it on your own. It's no matter how good you are, you can't do it on your own. It's about the people around you, mate. And, and they, they put you on that pedestal. They bring you up. They, they're the people that. Um, excuse me. They're the people that I don't know. They give you that platform to perform. You know I mean, you can't do it on your own. There's no, there's no. reason he's amazing, but Flood Maver. I know he's good. He's great, but he don't do everything on his own. Of course he don't. He has yeah. somebody to say. Listen, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need. To... He has somebody in his ear. Of course he does. Do you know what I mean? I, I good at Brazil playing football, mm. but it doesn't matter. You've still got to have someone go. Now listen, I'm going to make a few subs here. You've got. To, you still. It's, it's, it's got to happen.
1: I think what happened with Tyson as well. If if we're being honest here, I think you look at him at younger days. He loved boxing. It was what he loved. It's yeah. what he wanted to do. I'm only happy when I got a pair of gloves on hitting somebody or in a in a, in a gym. I think a lot of these fighters get to a stage with the money and the and the, and the publicity and the girls and, yeah. and the problems and the bits business. He had so much going on outside life, but he fell out of love of boxing. Yeah, of course he did. And, and
0: at the end the, of the he was, of four, uh, uh, at the age of fourteen, point. he was firing world champions, getting paid a thousand and pan around at fourteen. That's unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? He was he was a he was yeah. yeah, he was just phenomenal. And I think, like I said, for me he was He was a one off Yeah, he's a one off. He's yeah, there's no other Mike Tyson, he's a joke. Um like, I love him, and for me, he's
1: number one. And for you, you're going to go the same, yeah. I would, yeah. I mean, I've said about Lennox Lewis, but yeah, but but that Tyson, yeah. it's, in my era, Tyson definitely, Tyson. Awesome. I'm going nowhere
0: as he's he's for me. But like I said, we've got to mention, and I think he's coming at the most, the most. We're going to talk probably one of the most flamboyant characters in boxing that put but boxing what it is. He was like the Sugar Ray of Ray Robinson with a camera in front of him uh Mahmed Ali as most people know him but before that Cassius Clay um one of the, like I said, just an unbelievable talent. Unbelievable talent. Uh Olympic gold medalist. Just he fought everyone. He was an absolute character. I think he probably just put boxing on a pedestal uh and changed the game the way that he was uh as they called him the older uh, Louisville lip. He yeah, just phenomenal. I'll quickly read off his record here for your dad. Uh, sixty-one fights, fifty-six wins, thirty-five, thirty-seven knockouts, five losses. But they only came at the back of his career when he was old. But he was just phenomenal.
1: Well, I don't think anybody in any anywhere in the world. You can go to of Mongolia, South Peru, wherever you want to go in the world. Anybody that knows things that that fella's done more for boxing than anybody else. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. No question. You know he um, he's the face box boxing he he's a, you know he, he was brilliant what he's brought to the sport. You know um, even nowadays that the kids go about and you know we speak about you know flamboyant boxers and so forth and stuff. But nobody brought the box to to his level to his level what he did. Um, you know by beating Sonny and early on like he did and so forth and, and the bats that he's had the, 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 the trinities and stuff he's had with Ken Norton, you know Fraser. With, with Fraser that was. Absolutely unbelievable, you know. Um, and he's he's a fantastic guy for our sport, and what a character uh, and what a person to have, you know, within boxing. And like you said, child, you can't nobody can mention anything about boxing without mentioning Muhammad Ali. No, you can't. And it's phenomenal that we're now, we're now going into you know 2020s and people are still talking about a guy that was you know that was boxing in the 60s. 60s yeah. You know, that, yeah, that speaks for itself. Yeah.
0: And like he said, he speaks for himself and his name speaks for himself and I think it will carry it. One second, Dad.
1: We quickly move. Um I think it will
0: I think it will speak for itself for a very long time. Um, like I said there, and it wasn't just he had pedigree from day one. What do you mean when he won an Olympic gold? Uh and yeah. he spoke he spoke so like, so fluently and I don't think it gave a platform, and I think for even a lot of martial arts, Dad, for a lot of sports, he gave that flair. It not you a tennis player, there wasn't people that was outspoken like him. There wasn't people like him before. Um, and I just think, it what an entertainer. Do you know what I mean? What somebody, you want to tune in yes. to either watch him knock someone out or not get knocked out. Like, obviously, yes. and it just brought so much attention to this beautiful sport that we love.
1: Yeah, I, tell you, I couldn't agree with you more, Charles. I couldn't agree with you more, you know. Um, it's just sad. We spoke about we spoke about, um, Lewis and so forth, and it's just sad to see the way towards the end he, uh, that he was in his last couple of years, that he like said he lost a couple of bad, his final bout against Trevor Burbeck, who, believe it or not, was, was Mike Tyson's most heavyweight you know, uh, world, world championship fight against, uh, that he won the title against. Um, but it's just sad to see the way that, that it went on, maybe a little bit too long uh, where it was, but what a fire, yeah. you know, and, and there's this race today that can't move around ring like he did, you know. No, nobody. But nowadays, you know. No, I don't think there was. Um, like I said, we've done two seconds. Didn't we move? Uh, yeah, we've done, we've done every hey, weights. Dad, we, uh... I don't want to go on and on and on and
0: kill people's ears. But uh... <laughs> so we're going to talk. We're going to talk coaches. And so, like I said, I've had a few come back. I'll be honest with you. of people came back with Emmanuel Stewart.
1: That's a surprise.
0: Yeah, that's nigh on all I got. Hello, and uh, just quickly, we had a little break there. Um, Sorry for whatever happened there. uh, So we were obviously getting ourselves into coaches, our third question, as I was talking to my dad. Um, we had and like a big, big ratio of people come back and say Emmanuel Stewart. I'm um, talking 99% of people came back for Emmanuel Stewart. Um, that's
1: a surprise. So, say again? That's quite a surprise, really, isn't it? I mean, uh, Emmanuel Stewart's a phenomenal coach, but I would have thought that would have been more like boxing people, as it were, necessarily. So, I'm surprised like, even mm-hmm. like the like general public would, would have come back with someone different.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I thought. There's a few, obviously, big names. That didn't get mentioned, uh, one, Angelo Dundee, obviously, big, big name. Uh, Customata, big, big name. There's loads, there's loads, but I'm talking at least the two there that you're talking big. Freddie Roach? We, yep, Freddie Roach. We had only one person come back to Freddie Roach. Obviously, that's a now-day big trainer. Um, but what we'll do, Dad, we'll cover Emmanuel Stewart. We'll cover Emmanuel Stewart and then we'll go over the other coaches. Um, so, just quick, Emmanuel Stewart, obviously famous for the Cronk Gym, uh, obviously International Hall of Fame coach. Uh, so, obviously famous for Tommy Erns from the Cronk Gym, uh, Andy Lee, boxing and famous yellow colours. But just going to quickly read off a few names of trainers that he was involved in or he guided them for one fight or whatever it was, but people that came to his gym and he was involved in their, in a career fight or something. So you've got um, Wilfred Benitez. The, the the list, by the way, is unbelievable. I'm just going to name a few big names here. You've got Wilfred Benitez, uh, Julio Sejar Chavez, Miguel Cotto, Chad Dawson, Oscar De La Hoya, Tyson Fury, Gamboa, um, Nassim Hamed, Tommy Earns, as we said, Evander Hollofield, Vladimir Klitschko, Andy Lee, Lennox Lewis, Oliver McCall, Gerald McLennan, Milton McCorry, Steve McCorry, Michael Mora, Aaron Pryor, Adonis Stevenson, Jermaine Taylor and James Tony. That's just a few names that you might know they, if you don't know the boxing, but they're big names. But there's there's untold other names, I'll be honest with you. Um, he was uh, just a phenomenal coach. Like I said earlier, he's trained 41 world champions throughout his career. Um, and... I believe one of his best, best, one of his best attributes was knowing to get at the best, to get the best out of a fighter, and to know that out of a stable of twenty fighters, you can't train twenty fighters the same way. Twenty fighters are totally different in every little, even if one something, one little minute little thing that's different. Um, you train them. Do you know what I mean, they're different. Everybody's taught, they train different, they box different, they want to be spoken to differently, and I think he done that. I think he done that, and it wasn't just being a trainer. He was he was a guide, and I think he and I think people believed him in the corner. Do you know what I mean? And he see it, and he kept the fundamentals well. And I think just the education that he gave boxers himself. Do you know what I mean? Bettered the fighter, uh, and yeah, he was obviously a, just studied the art of the sport and was great at it. Um, Dad, thoughts, man, Stewart?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal coach. Um, I mean, you know, what he's done, we spoke before about pedigree, you know, he was a boxer himself. He's come through, he's gone through the amateurs. He took the and and the Detroit amateur gym over to the professional side of things. And you had fighters, as you said earlier, Tommy Jones Milton McCrory go for as really successful international amateur boxers to go through as, as world champion pros, and then establish that, that where he's gone. us just need, need to bring a mention to his mental, or his mentor, which was uh, Eddie Futch, who obviously looked after Ken Norton and Fraser in the in the big alley fights. So there's there's a lot of there's there's history here that we're saying about, you know, that that's moving on from one coach that has been led down to another coach that's been led down to another coach that that, that builds that builds these uh these 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 um these these hierarchies in, in boxing. Um, Emmanuel Stewart, like you said, Char was phenomenal for not having a particular style he went with that. I think there's something that's good about him, revolutionary for his day, especially back in in those sort of times the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and so forth coming through. He wasn't, you're going to box this particular way. He put the boxer box to their style. Uh, another another trait that was very good about Angelo Dundee, never tried to change the styles, did the boxers box their box. Like you just said, you've got 20 boxers in your gym, you're not going to box the same way. Some are tall, some are small, some are bigger, some are heavier, some are heavy punches, some are more boxers. Mm-hmm. And it's about Understanding the boxer, and I think that's a big, big thing about being a coach is building that relationship and understanding the boxer. 100%. 100%. And something, said about it, something that's very hard for someone like a manual steward to do, to have somebody come at him like Wilfred Benitez, who's a three time world champion, mm-hmm. and he's boxing somebody else, to have that particular style, then to inherit that boxer, you have to let that boxer let speak and coach yeah. yourself a little bit, yeah. but to should... try to groom where things are and work on the basics. Who's potentially had 30 to 40 to 50 fights back then mm-hmm. with another coach.
0: And then, do you know what I mean? Then to come in with a new cornerman who's going to tell him something new. That's saw, But I think he also demanded the respect of anyone, the world champion or whoever it was, he he still gained that respect, which is a hard thing to do because if you've got a Miguel coming to come, in, come into your gym and he's a two time, three time world champion, you know what I mean you probably know he probably forgot more than what most people know about boxing. To walk yeah. in and listen to every word he says, you've got to have an unbelievable amount of respect for the guy. Um, which he yeah, did was- I- Obviously, there, Emmanuel Stewart, amazing, um, which was a great shout-out from everyone who's given us. So just give him a shout-out. You've just mentioned there someone that I can't believe didn't get much bigger shout-outs um, was Angelo Dundee, who obviously trains sugarway Ray Leonard, Ali, Fullman, uh, Jimmy Arlie, uh, Carmen Belizio, Carmen, how do you say Sorry, Belizio, Beliz- 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 Hector Camacho, uh, and just was unbelievable. same thing again. He just was was something else. Was some just I don't know how you see it. And I, I believe Angel Dundee didn't. I don't think he had a boxing career. Dad.
1: well I was going to say, there are some. You, you know, I keep saying about pedigree and getting the fighters. I mean, I mean, it's, it's something you agree. I think he didn't box. I didn't think he boxed. Um, no, you're right. You're right there. Again, I, I don't think he did box. No. No, I don't think he did,
0: no. So to, there, so, to go from Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, Hector Camacho, Carmen Basilio, Ray, Ray, Ray Leonard, that's that's unbelievable. I'm talking people who come in mm. the gold medal Olympians, um, unbelievable fighters, and to gain their respect for somebody who's not stepped into the ring, his knowledge of boxing and his understanding of his fighter must have been impeccable, must have been unbelievable for them to give his that belief. Man yeah, his man management of a person which I believe is so... So vital as a coach and so vital as a as a boxer to believe in what they say and anything. Do you know what I mean? If you're gonna go over that trench and do that for them, you've got to believe in what they say. And especially the pro boxer where fifteen rounds back in them days, twelve rounds, whatever it was, would have been a game plan and and for him to look at it and study it and some gold on him in mean, I'm an Olympic gold medalist. And to take an opinion from someone who's never stepped foot in a ring, call, I think it demands a lot of respect to do that. And I think yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh,
1: Especially in last ball, sport, it's always hard for someone that's coming into boxing who's not boxed.
0: Of course, if you try and tell Rafa Nadal how to hit a tennis
1: racket from someone who's never <laughs> hit a tennis
0: racket, <laughs> you're yeah. going to laugh, that. You know what I mean, Dad? You're going to go, oh, a you don't even have to get it over the net.
1: It's you always know, difficult, chart, and you can understand. To be there, to be there to be it with a shot, and like I say, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong to have experience, not have experience, but it's always that much harder to have somebody if you've never been hit in the yes. face with a jab or, or a body shot and so forth to try to or explain to, to them, like you to know, lose. and stuff like that. Well, to know what it's like to lose or to be under pressure or can't get out of the way a body shot or, or just think those little things the, or the, or the nerves of a way, have Experience To have that experience yeah. that. Every kid goes through, even adult goes through as a pro or whatever you have, when you're sitting down a minute, two minutes week you go in that reading, you're thinking, why did I take up boxing? Why didn't mm-hmm. I play football? Why didn't I play rugby? I could play anything in the world, but I'm sitting there and I'm going in the box. Everyone knows that feeling. Everyone knows that little feeling that you have that in your belly thinking, what am I doing here? Why am I doing this? You know, because it's a tough sport. It is the toughest sport. Yeah, of course it is. And I tell you, don't play boxing, do you? You could have a really 100%. bad day at football, really
0: bad day turn up the other 10 players play blind and you win 6-0 but you've played terrible you can't do that in football you can't do that in boxing You'll get you can't go boxing.
1: missing so you can't go having a time out. Hey, do me a favour Steve cover me in the middle of the... I'm a bit of a breather yeah. you can't do that in the sport you know? Not one bit. but I do think personally that experience is invaluable
0: yeah definitely definitely is but like I said there is exceptions Dad. And yeah I agree there's always an exceptions there. Angelo-, Angelo Dundee is probably the greatest exception of all of them um- yeah I agree I'm going to move on here now, obviously. Andrew Dundee, amazing. Um, We've mentioned Mike Tyson earlier, so we can have to talk Customata. Another unbelievable mentor. He also coached Floyd Patterson. um, Was just, I think... Jose Torres. Jose Torres, yeah. (laughs) You know more than me. Go on. You you say,
1: Well, I think he took Patterson to Helsinki when he won the Olympic title in... um whatever the year was might be I'm going to go live people on the spot here I think it was 56 something like that or not even earlier when he he, he won the Olympic title in Helsinki but um, something, something really really good for people to watch And just, just a shout out there um, the life and death of Sonny Liston it's on Sky documentaries at the moment it's phenomenal brilliant brilliant watch and obviously there's quite a bit on there about Cuss Cuss adamantly didn't want um, Floyd Patterson to fight because uh, he knew it, it, it was too heavy-handed for him. You know, um, Sonny was a was a very small, fl- sorry, Floyd was a very small um, heavyweight <coughs> uh, more boxer type of yeah. thing. Whereas, whereas obviously Liston was an animal. Um, but that that's a really good watch. If you know, watch that. But like you said earlier about you know the team thing, he built that team around Tyson. He identified Tyson at 12, 13, 14 years old, and took him under his wing. Obviously, he was a bit of a naughty boy, Tyson, and so forth. But he he, he brought that into the game. And all coaches realise that at some stage. It's not just about the boxing chart. You look at someone like Kasama, he realised what the kid was like. He knew that if he went out, he's going to get in trouble, he's going to try and, you know, whatever, whatever he's going to do. He was a naughty boy, he knew that. And Hmm. lots of boxing coaches go through that. So lots of things within boxing isn't just about how to throw a good left jab and how to block a screw shot and so forth. It's life skills in building that relationship with Tyson, not to be naughty boy, not to be good, put, away. put his money away, don't want to spend Teach his money,
0: discipline.
1: it's life skills and it's phenomenal, it ain't just about being a coach, it's being a father, it's being a role model, it's being a father figure, mm. which is a massive thing and if you speak to most of these world champions on their relationship with their coaches, that's the, that is the case, that is the case. Yeah, 100% and it's not from, it
0: doesn't matter how old you are, you know I'm saying, I um, bet that uh, I bet you talk to any world champion, any boxer. They remember their first ever coach, that first person that gave them and put them in the right direction. And like I said, they gave them a bit of discipline, or told them right from wrong, and kept them and gave them that. gave them that. I mean, that obedience, not that obedience, but that that
1: someone to look up to. That someone who was a, like you said, they're a role model, and. It's a Isn't relationship, child, with the coach. It's a relationship with the coach. You're going to be a fifteen one world champion. You walk in the gym not well. That coach needs to go, do you're having trouble, you miss this. You having trouble with yeah, bills, you're having trouble with this. To be able to recognise that, speak to that and have the, the, kid, the Even like as a kid
0: go, all right, no worries, yeah, you're playing up, listen, you're gonna to have to sort your grades out because I need you in the gym. And that trust to believe in someone and that, that they want you to do better and they have your but they have your back and whatever they say you believe in. Do you know what I mean? That trust she's a two-way street.
1: Chug, you, you said a big thing there as well, trust. And, and I think being a boxing coach isn't like other sports, any other sports within coaches, if I'm being honest. Maybe some other combat sports. But you need to be able to be a coach, right? And you need to be able to know your fighter well enough that when you're in that corner, you can say, hang on, I'm putting a towel in. He's a Or he's not a, And the people that don't know him go, oh, throw the towel in. He's a, no, no, he's okay. He's, he'll get through this. You have, to have, yeah. you have to have that knowledge to know your fighter that well that you can say he's hurt, he's not hurt, because listen, at the end of the day, when you're talking serious professional boxing, there's life or death at stake here. You know, one extra punch you're know, not a punch. Yeah, they're That's two that, punches. Massive, they're one. They're one bad. One two bad, one two bad punches.
0: They're one two punches away from getting really hurt. But then, like you've just said, there, if you don't know your fighter, if you look at um, what's his name? DB, uh, Carl Froch's trainer, uh, uh, Robert McCracken. you
1: McCracken.
0: Robert if you're Rob McCracken, you're looking at Cole Froch. If you don't know Cole Froch, you're going to look at him and go, oh, Jesus Christ, he's getting it. You're going to throw a towel in. But if you're Rob McCracken yeah. and you know him mean, so that and go, no, hold on a minute, I know this guy's made of iron. He's going yeah. to, he's, yeah, I mean, you're going, going to know him. him. You're yeah. going to go, no, listen, I know that and that way.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like, that's that's the a key thing. A lot of the big difference between boxing coaches and tennis coaches or football coaches. I'm not putting other sports down or anything, yeah. but it is a massive, massive. You need to know that kid inside and out. You, you know, you need to know when when he's faking it, when he's not faking it, when he's up, when he's not up, when he's down, when he's not down, when he's up, mm-hmm. and so forth. And it's a big, big thing about life skills of being a coach. Hmm.
0: Definitely, like I said, definitely. Um, we've like I said, we've we've covered. Obviously, there's there's more, there's much 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 more. I know you've got a lot of British ones. I just quickly want to go over one of my favourite uh Teddy Atlas, um, who's obviously who was his mentor. Yeah, who was obviously involved in Mike Tyson's career. Uh, Pavetkin, customer, yeah, customer. Obviously, was in with him. Michael Mora, again, who we've just said earlier on. Uh, Pavetkin, he won him a world title. Shannon Bree, but more so for uh, Timothy Bradley. I'd never forget that fireman speech. He said in the corner, we're a fireman. We love the heat. And that one, uh, that was Goosebumps. I think that was, um, I think he's a great commentator. I think he's a no-nonsense person. He's very educated. Very educated in the sport of the boxing. Very, very educated. His ring knowledge and his ring IQ is, not from I'm talking as a boxing perspective, but his ring looking. He can look from outside the ring and see what many doesn't, like what many people don't see. I think uh, he sees a beautiful sport so well. And for me, I think he's one of my
1: favourite. Oh, yeah. um, the way that he is, um, I, I think he's close got... as well. To again, uh, both of them are um, mentors. Was customer Was was Kevin Mooney as well?
0: Yeah. Is that a guy with one eye? No, is he? I don't know if it was a guy with one eye. One of them had a one eye. I can't remember. I'm sure, one of them <laughs> was one like a glass <laughs> or some shit. I'm sure he was. Um, I'm sure you've got a few there. Do you want to really love a couple of favourites? I
1: what just you think got? it's... I'll just, yeah, I mean, obviously Freddie Roach. Um, um, but I just think, you know, there's some fantastic English ones out there. i like to bring in Ken Squires, who's Sibson's manager, uh, Sibson's coach, uh, bringing him out of Leicester. Not, not a big city, not a big boxing place. And to work out well, he did. I think you can't mention anything about coaching in the English scene, without mentioning George Francis or Terry Lawless. When you look at some of the fighters that they brought in, it was phenomenal. You're looking at Frank Bruno, Cornelius was John Conte, John McGarvey, Mark Kayler, Gary, Gary Mason, Jim McDonnell, Jim Watt, Morris Hope, John H. Stracy, Charlie Magley, Jimmy Batten. Crikey, the list goes on. Um, that goes on,
0: always,
1: it? on. I'd just like to bring one of my favourites in, who's, who's obviously, we're talking about mentors again, whose who, who's son is doing phenomenally well. I know he's got Daniel Dubois at the moment, Mark Tibbs. You can't go mentioning coaching in England without mentioning Jimmy Tibbs. Again, I've got to mention it. He's a West Ham boy. Hey. Um, And he told me a long, long time ago, and something that stuck with me, you know, as coaches, you, you take things off of people, good things, bad things, and so forth. And he, he spoke to me about something. And do you know what? He really pitified to me something that's, that's an art of coaching. And he actually said to me, anyone. Anybody, your nan, your sister, you know, your auntie in the Wrens, so forth. Anybody can tell you how to throw a punch. See the art of boxing. The art of boxing is not getting it. And to teach a kid to defend, defend himself, not get it, that's an art. And for me, for me, that's brilliant. That that is that is that's what boxing's about. There's there's too many brave coaches out there. There's too many coaches that you know you can do it. Come on. They watch a bit of rocky and you know they want to be the best coach in the world and so forth. Boxing's an art. And to actually teach a kid not to get it from a schoolboy age to a, to a mature man's age so, so forth, of how to get in the win, you've got to, how to smother your opponent and so forth. That's experience. And that's, to have a coach like that's phenomenal. Um, so for me, Jimmy Tibbs, I, I'd probably put up with in my time as one of the best. But I can't <laughs> go Being honest, I know there's hundreds of coaches to mention, but I've got to mention Brendan Ingle. Brendan Ingle done a phenomenal job. What he'd done with Naz, what he'd done with Johnny Nelson. Um, uh, and them sort of coaches they're coming through again a phenomenal talent that he built a stable and obviously now his sons again are the pedigree of that that are coming through and I think that happens very often with coaches they, they come through maybe one day shall come through say again maybe one day you'll come through yeah well
0: that's like one day <laughs> <laughs> you rub off Danny, on it the, on these old podcasts. Yeah. I um but yeah, you listen, like you just said, there some fucking names, and I do think, like you said, champions breed champions, and if you're around unbelievable fighters, if you're around unbelievable coaches, I think it's inevitable that you're gonna just you're gonna take part. you're gonna nick parts from what they've talked about. and and that's not no shame in that. That's great. You should take pieces from pieces and pieces and build your own. You know I mean, your own puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's perfect. And like you said, there quick mention that. obviously we can't miss. And like a new age, Angelo Dundee, which is Freddie Roach, which is trained, obviously, one of the greatest fighters ever in Manny Pacquiao. Uh, unbe- just there's loads of other fighters. He's, I can't even go on, do you know I mean? At Khan, De La Hoya, he's done loads, and he's Chavez Jr. even. Yeah. He's done loads and loads of fighters. But you've got to give Freddie Roach a shout-out. Beautiful coach and what he's done. Uh, was a boxer himself. He's like you just said there. Someone who's been and done it from day dot bread and just his bread and butter is boxing. um. So you've got to give Freddie Roach a big shout out there. Um. I just, yeah, I just think that was a, it was really nice to talk coaches. I'll be honest with you dad, because I don't think they get enough recognition for what they do for boxers. The boxers get a lot of recognition, but I don't think coaches uh, for what they do don't get the recognition, but they, you don't get where you are without that circle around you. And then coaches are, if you speak to anybody in any martial art, I don't care what it is, if you're Conor McGregor, if you're Muhammad Ali, if you're anyone, your coaches and the people around you are what put you on that pedestal and give you that belief and they, they bring you back to, they bring you down, they tell you when you need to kick up your ass. They're them people that do that. So shout out to all them people that are doing that, especially
1: for the amateur coaches that are doing that for the love of nothing. Big shout out, um, big shout out. No, no disrespect to it's, it's your grassroots. That's your groundwork. Yeah. That's what all these That's, champions so, you know, and that's where they come from. Nominal amateur coaches we got in this country, some of the best coaches would have said in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Schoolboy
1: boxing,
0: is in the world. All them, all them people out there that, that bring through all these, all these. You know I mean, all these Josh Kellys, Joe Cordinas, Baratsus. You know I mean, all them people that are coming through. That they, they don't come through with that, then people that are driving them to Dover on a Tuesday night for a bat. Do you know what I mean they don't come through without them sort of people to do that? So big shout out yeah. to all the amateur coaches. Um, yeah, Dad, well, I think we've uh, I think we've covered it. Like uh, I said, yeah. I'm gonna have we've got boxing tomorrow Saturday. we've you've Got an Eddie Earn show. I'm sure you'll be tuning in watching it. I'll be watching it. Um, what we do Sunday, me and you will have a little flick through, we'll have a little review. Um, and I'm well, I'm sure we'll have a little guest with us as well. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday.
1: Brilliant.
0: And uh, we'll talk again then. All
1: right. All good, all good.
0: All right, so thank you, Dad. And uh, thank you, everyone who's tuned in. We'll have uh, more coming up for the Square Circle podcast. Like I said, we have been a bit lapped, we've been a bit off, but we will be back on it again. And uh, we will have more guests coming up. So thank you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you to everyone who responded to our Instagrams, Twitters. Um, Thank you very much and uh, look after yourself.